Good morning, everybody. I hope that you had an amazing Thanksgiving dinner time, whatever, with your family. I hope you survived and had a fabulous time. Patty and I and our entire family, we are actually ministering at one of our daughter churches in the state of Washington. So we are on the other side of the country hanging out with Pastor Ken Hubbard and Radius Church. But today I have left you in not just good hands, I've left you in amazing hands. You are in for a treat. Today we have Tina Tatum coming to minister the word to us. And if you don't know who Tina is, man, I don't know why you don't. She is a staple here in South Haven. She is on the board for the Chamber of Commerce in South Haven. She is also the owner of Coffee Central, a couple of campuses on that. And then on top of all that, she runs and operates R3 Movement, which is a sex trafficking rescue ministry. She speaks all over the place. She is absolutely amazing. And I know that you are going to be blessed today and leave here better than when you came in. So come on, do me a favor. Let's show a little bit of South Point love. Stand to your feet and let's welcome to the stage, Tina Tatum. First service was a little sleepy, I think. Good morning, good morning. First, I just want to thank uh, Pastor Patty and Pastor Craig for um, asking me to share this morning. Super honored to, to serve in your local church and then to get to get up here. It's a little surreal, so it's a lot of fun for us. So we appreciate that. Um, pray with me for one moment and we'll get started in this uh, message we have today. Father, we thank you so much for your love, for your grace that abounds, Father. We thank you for your word that um, never returns void, but accomplishes what you have sent for it to do. Uh, Father, just have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I got some ameners in the house this morning. That's awesome. Okay, so um, great introduction. I'm like, whoa, who is that person he's introducing? But um, so pastor allowed me to kick off his new series, uh, which is Here Comes Santa. And so we're going to talk about some of the things that uh, the holidays bring along to us. Um, whether we want it or not, it's here. Okay, right? So how many of you enjoyed Thanksgiving? Yeah. How many of you were the house where you had to cook, prepare, clean, get ready, clean up after everybody left, and you felt a little stressed? Be honest. Was that you? Okay. So everybody else went somewhere else, maybe Cracker Barrel or in-law's house. Okay, that's stressful, right? Um, so the only person, people I think that get omitted from stress during the holidays is Jesus and the kids over at Kids Point because they just get to be selfish as everything and receive everything, right? We were all there at one point, but uh, we love our kids. Um, so Thanksgiving is uh, a time of thanks and giving and being together with friends and family. Um, but, you know, there's the season of miracles um, can also be a season of stresses. It can be a time that um, is not always fun. It, sometimes we just endure and just to get through. I mean, some of us would just rather see the holidays come and go and get to January 1, right? Because we're all going to do something great next year, every year. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good one. Um, so we are all the time looking ahead at what's coming next. And sometimes we're just right in the middle of it. You know, for some people, it's the most wonderful time of the year. For some people, it's the most depressing and heartbreaking. Maybe you're going, you've gone through a divorce. Maybe it's your first year without your spouse. Maybe you lost a loved one. This is the, the firsts are always hard, 
Trust me, I know. First are always hard. So maybe there's just some things where you're just like, oh, I just would rather just jump on through. So that creates tension. Um, maybe you have that family that, you know, you all, there's the pink elephant in the living room or the issue that's never talked about. There's just this underlying tension in the room that nobody wants to talk about what we all are thinking about, right? So we have absorbed that kind of tension in our lives. Uh, maybe it's finances. You know, maybe you're like, oh, Jesus, I love you, but I hate buying all these gifts, you know? Who knows what it is? But there's all kinds of tensions and stresses um, that come at us. I want us this morning to consider for just a few minutes um, maybe what those stresses look like over 2,000 years ago. Because for us as men and women, it hasn't changed a lot. Well, social media has changed a lot of things. But that aside, um, looking at that comparison, we look, we're going to look for just a minute at what Mary and Joseph endured and the stress that they endured. So think about this, the stressors. Here's my stress points this morning. Um, think about Mary, pregnant outside of wedlock. Scandal. I mean, just, you know, that just was unheard of in that day. I mean, she could have been stoned. Literally rocks thrown at her stone. <laughs> you know, that kind of stone. Um, literally been killed on that side of the cross. That's why I'm so thankful we're on this side of the cross in his grace. Um, but she could have been stoned. I mean, here we have her uh, believing the word of the Lord that came to her through an angel and saying, let it be unto you according to your word. I mean, just taking that by faith, what had been spoken to her. Think about Joseph, right? The girl he's about to marry is pregnant and is not by him. I wonder if he was a little more than stressed. I wonder if he was a little angry, right? At situations that were not their choosing, but came upon them. It wasn't by their choice. And sometimes that's the way stresses come. Sometimes it's not our choice of what happens to us in life. It wasn't your choice that you got fired from your job or that someone passed away or the abuse you experienced. Um, but life comes at us, right? Um, you know, what about the waiting period? What about the time Joseph had to wait until the angel spoke to him? There might have been a little stress there. Like, what am I going to do? Um, <clears throat> what about when uh, Joseph, did you know that he was broke? I mean, he didn't have any money to take care of his wife yet, especially not a child on the way. So that could have uh, brought on some stresses. Um, what about the fact that they had to leave their friends and family? They were shunned by their friends and family, okay, where they were. They had to go to Bethlehem, which was supposed to be, which was the place of Joseph's family and birth. They should have been accepted there. How many of you go out of town and to see family, you usually stay with family? I mean, for the most part. Maybe you're on a real, real break and stay at a hotel and go visit family as you want to. But for the most part, when we go out of town, we stay with family if we're going to see family. Uh, but they were rejected there. Then they go to find a hotel, right? And there was no room for them in the, at the end. Another rejection. So rejection over rejection, the plan that they had for their lives maybe wasn't coming to pass as they thought it was supposed to. But this was all done to fulfill God's plan. The scandal the embarrassment, the judgment. Can you imagine those religious eyes looking up and down Mary as she walked by? Uh-huh. A girl pregnant outside of wedlock. Joseph broke. What were people saying about Joseph? Who cares? Look what we have today, right? So sometimes we got to take a look at the bigger picture of what's going on. Let's look at the scripture. Matthew 1. We're going to jump right on in there. We're going to read a little bit of scripture, and then we're going to jump into some points today. So now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, 
or after, yeah, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, so before they were husband and wife, she found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, a just man, I have a just man over here, my husband Alan, is here with me today, so thankful, not wanting to make her a public example, was mindful to put her away secretly. Mindful. That means she had, he had some thoughts going on in his mind just to, I mean, what did that mean? Put her in a closet somewhere until she had the baby? I mean, I'm not sure exactly what that meant, but he thought about putting her away, whatever that meant. And, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she will bring forth a son and and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all of this had to happen. So Joseph, who was Jewish, was expecting the Messiah, was expecting the Messiah to come, but obviously not in this way. So he says, be of good cheer. This has been done according to my purposes. So all this has been done to fulfill that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates God with us. We just sang that. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth the firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Wow. That's a whole lot that took place in those few little sentences, right? So he gets the word. Well, first he finds out she's pregnant. Scandal. Then he has to be, you know, spoken to by an angel. How many of you have experienced God and encounter God in a real tangible way and then go to bed one night or maybe one Christmas and show up at Christmas a year later with your family and everything's different in your life. Everything changes like that. And it's possible. I mean, my family was like, wasn't that Kool-Aid she's drinking? I mean, all of a sudden there were changes and you may even experience rejection because of your obedience to God. Did you know that? Even some of your own family may not understand your faith, may not understand that. I'm sure Joseph experienced some of that. I'm sure some of his, some of his buddies and some of his family were like, man, what are you thinking? You know, this is a lot to take on. I mean, this isn't even your kid. You know, all the scandal that goes along with that. And oftentimes, if you notice there, he said he wanted to secretly put her away, but he, God said, do not be afraid, and went on to say that he will save the people from their sins. So Jesus made, I mean, Joseph made a decision right there that he was going to be obedient to what the angel said. That he was going to be obedient to God's word. And oftentimes we want the miracle without the responsibility. There's your first point. Oftentimes we want the miracle. We want the Messiah. Joseph had been expecting the Messiah to come, but he could have chosen not to take responsibility for the savior of the world. He could have chosen. We're given that, choose this day. Every day we get that choice um, to choose. You know, sometimes in our lives, oftentimes we are wanting the lottery, right? 
We want to have that fat bank account. We want to do all that, but yet we're not willing to take the responsibility maybe to set out a budget, maybe to give of our tithes and of offerings because we're a people of generosity here, right? So God can bless us back. So there are things, you know, God's not going to open our mouths and say, I forgive you and make you have to say those words. There are going to be some things we're going to have to take on of ourselves and make a decision to do those words that God gives us. That's what Joseph did. And thank God he did because look at what we get to experience now. The savior of the world, we just sang it. Such an exciting time. But you know, oftentimes that same rejection that Joseph and that Mary probably, and I know did experience, that same rejection, the Bible says there had to be done so this could be fulfilled, right? So oftentimes man's rejection is God's redirection for your life. They had to leave town, shake the dust from their feet and take off, right? Had to go to a new place. Often, and you, I mean, that's a good word for someone. I just got that today as I was praying and getting ready this morning, that sometimes man's rejection for the decisions that you've made or maybe for the decisions you didn't make, but how you're having to deal with them is oftentimes God's redirection. If we'll realign and define our lives according to God's word, not man's opinion, amen? I mean, that's a good word. Y'all can clap on that one. Um, so also, thank you. Um, you know, sometimes like not wanting to take responsibility for what God's entrusted us with. Here's a good example. So we all want the perfect children, right? If you have kids, yes, we want the perfect kids. Or you want your family members that you have to associate with to have good kids so you don't hear them scream and kick and carry on and have a fit in the middle of Walmart, right? Um, but sometimes we're not willing to take the responsibility to have consistent discipline and direction with our kids and then they don't know how to sit at the dinner table and we go out and go to functions and they're screaming and crying. And I'm sorry, it's none of y'all's kids. It must have just been my cousin's kids. I don't know. But the point being is taking the responsibility for what God has entrusted to us to see the best come to pass in our lives, right? So oftentimes, maybe it's those screaming kids that had y'all stressed out at Thanksgiving. I don't know. Maybe it's the thought of them coming over as you stressed out at Thanksgiving. But stress is rooted in any form, it's rooted in fear and anxiety. That's what stress is rooted in. Stress is like paying a deposit on something that may or may not ever come to pass. It's like bankrolling something that you may never see come to pass in your life. That's what stress is, fear and anxiety. And you, know, you go back to what the angel told to Joseph. He says, be not afraid, do not fear right? This is a hard word. This is going to be a hard situation you've got to walk through, but do not fear. So we just sang it, Emmanuel, God with us, right? We said we're going to bow our lives to Jesus, right? We're going to keep our focus on Jesus. But then when we're in the, we'll sing those things in here. Katie leads us in these beautiful songs and we lift our hands and we're like, God, we're never alone. You're always with us. You don't want to hear me singing in church. Um, but then we get out, we leave here Monday through Saturday and our eyes go from here to here, to this level, to what we're doing. When reality is we will sing things that we will never say. So if we will learn to take God at his word, learn that these songs that God, that this team just invests into us is something so that it will transform our minds so that we can have our, our hearts and our intentions set, even though we have to be here. You know that old saying, you're uh, so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. You know that, anybody heard that saying? Yes, thank you. One person has. So um, I, I think there's a little truth and maybe not so much truth. I think we can be so heavenly minded, we're a lot of earthly good. 
which means we're willing to forgive quick. We're willing to walk in God's word. We're willing to walk by his spirit. We're willing to do all those hard things that only his spirit can empower us to do. Amen. So, you know, what are your stresses in 2019? May not be just like what Mary and Joseph experienced, but I'm going to tell you their stress is just the same. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you took on a new job. That is really stressful. You know, maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe there's new in-laws <laughs> in your life this year that weren't there last year. Maybe that's a challenge. Maybe you're a blended family. I mean, you can kind of look at that. I mean, in essence, in today's world, Jesus would have been adopted by Joseph, would have been blended together, right? Because it wasn't his son in the natural However, he took, he took responsibility for that. So in order to see God's promises fulfilled in our life, we've got to walk by faith, right? Joseph had to have faith that he was going to believe what God said no matter what. So for us to walk by faith, and you know, I have a mentor. I love mentors because today I'm standing here 21 years clean from addiction. That's what this, that's what this tattoo is. So there's hope. There's hope. But the first year of that, I white-knuckled it. I mean, white-knuckled it hard, trying to make it happen with, and would relapse and would have all these things because of pain and trauma that was on the inside of me, my coping mechanism, right? You know what that is. Whatever it is, it could be alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, whatever your coping mechanism is, what, that's what I would go to until I really realized, and I had a mentor who said this. She, she said, Tina, God will not do your part, and you cannot do God's part. God will not do your part and you cannot do his part. That's a good word because what I had to understand is God was not going to make me not pick up the bottle or not do a line. God was not going to make me do anything. That's why he gave us a free will. But what he did was he empowered me and he equipped me. And uh, my mentor used to say, you know, Tina, you are not the general manager of the universe. That is Holy Spirit's job. It is not your job because I'm a list girl. I've got things we've got to get done, right? I want to know the end of the story. I want to know what's going to happen. The house has to look like this, has to look like that. And so I always have had like this need to have everything in order and it's called control. <laughs> so, uh, but when Jesus comes, yeah, you too. I saw that. Um, you too. So, but when Jesus comes, he makes the way for us to release some of those things. And so um, let's read with us, if you'll read with me, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. All of these things that we feel like we need to control, that we need to have in order, and it stresses us out, this is what, this right here is what God's remedy is. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but, there's a big but in the room, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So it says, be anxious for nothing. So what can you be anxious about according to the word? Thank you. Tell that to yourself when you walk out these doors, and your kids are screaming in the car, or the bills come due next week. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, so he gives us instructions here. How can we see that anxiety release? Prayer, supplication, which is just letting God know. And then being thankful. Being thankful for what he has put in our lives. Being thankful. And he says the peace of God will um, guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Do you know that peace is not just something Jesus gives us? Peace is who Jesus is. He's the prince 
of peace. So when he walks into a situation, when you invite him into your life, when you invite him into your family, literally peace should come. Peace should be there. Now you're like, oh, you don't know my family. You know, we put the fun in dysfunction. So, you know, I mean, all of us have our issues, right? Well, let's read about that. Proverbs 4, 23 says, keep your heart. Keep, didn't say put up walls. Didn't say God bless you. Didn't say keep people out. It said guard, which means protect. It means be careful of what you let in. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it, spring the issues of life. Now look at the person you came to church with and say, you got issues. You can talk in church. It's okay, I promise. You got issues. It says it right here. For out of it shall spring the issues of life. Now look at someone you did not come to church with and say, she's talking to you. She's talking to you. You got issues. I got issues, y'all. I'm serious. Some of us are a magazine rack full of issues. Some of us maybe are just dealing with one thing at a time. But the point is, we all have it. I mean, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. If you only read, in this world, you will have trouble, you'd be like, that is not a path I want to go on. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So today we're going to talk about three specific things, either to create, to cope, or to cancel stress for the holidays. And how do we do that? In a social media-driven, instant everything society where comparison is the killer of all joy in your immediate moment, because we're all the time looking at what everybody else is doing and what everybody else has, how do we keep the focus on Jesus? And how do we keep ourselves in a place of living in this peace? You know, Pastor has just finished an incredible series. If you didn't hear all of it, please go back and listen to the behind the curtain or behind the scenes Holy Spirit messages. Um, and one of the things he keyed on was the fruit of the Spirit, which the third fruit listed is peace. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, that's in Galatians. And so that, that ex we experience that in our life is the externals based on what's going on internally in our lives. Amen? So, you know, until we make a decision to make a change, nothing's going to change. Did you hear that? Until you make a decision to change, because I can't change you. I can't change my husband. I can't change my children. I can't change the government, maybe by prayer. <laughs> Lots of prayer. Um, there is scripture for that. But I can't change other people's behavior, but I can change my response to their behavior. We have a saying in our home, it's 100% responsibility. And that means the only thing I have 100% control over, which I love, 100% <laughs> control over, is my response to any given situation. I can choose. And you may say, well, you, you know, they make me feel this way. They make me feel that way. Well, you know what? Feelings are not what we're led by. The Spirit is what we're led by. Amen? They can say, they can do. How do you think Jesus felt? Do you think he, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross? Was that fun? No. Was it hurtful for the very people he came to save? No. I mean, yes, it was hurtful. No, was that fun? Um, so we've got to make a decision that we are going to make those kind of changes. So I always say this. Now, my Southern Louisiana family would say it like this, the buffet line. We have a buffet line that we go and we make our plate of life in. How many of y'all at Thanksgiving have the formal table setting 
with the proper china, the water glass, and everything laid out. No, it probably looks like my house. From the kitchen sink around to the stove, over here on the countertop, there's dishes, there is food on the kitchen table, the dining room table, the sideboard, in the sink, right? We got stuff piling over in the sink. And we walk through the line at Thanksgiving. Did y'all do this? And you make your plate, right? You make your plate. And at the end of that first or second or third plate, I don't know how hungry you are, you are thinking by the end of that, you're like, oh, good Lord, I'm so stuffed, right? I'm miserable. How many said that? That you are so full. Y'all are way behaving way better than I was at Thanksgiving. Because I brought a salad, which I brought 99% of the salad back home with me to our Thanksgiving gathering because it's all full of carbs and turkey and all that good stuff. But the point I'm making is we make our own plates. Unless you're over in Kids Point, Chances are you went through the line and you put potatoes and all those carbs, you put everything on your plate, and then you were miserable because of how you overloaded your life or your plate. It happens like that in life. We have decisions to make every day what we put on our plate. Now, there are some things you don't have decisions over. That abuse, maybe the loved one that died, maybe the job you lost. You didn't choose to put that on your plate. But with God's help, maybe like Mary and Joseph, he's going to use that to perform a greater thing in your life and, he, and you can use it for his glory on that plate. But we make the choices of the things we put on our plate every day. I just wanted you to have that visual in that. You know, we've got to clear the clutter and we've got to make peace. We've got to make peace with our present circumstances. We've got to make peace with it. And it may mean the hard things like forgiving someone who hurt you or releasing that, releasing, I mean, not out of jail, well, maybe out of jail, but um, depending on your family, but, um, you know, letting go of some things. Or maybe it means taking on some things, like being able to receive love and forgiveness from others. Amen? So our head knows this, right? You're like, yes, I know this. This is not new information to me. But practically walking it out, what does it look like every day? Because we want to live like heaven, right? We want to live in that place of forgiveness. But reality is life is happening when you walk out these doors. From minute one when you walk out of here. So the thing we're going to do, first points are going to be, we can create panic or peace. Panic or peace. John 14, 27 says this. This is Jesus talking, y'all. Peace I leave you, my perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace, this is the amplified version, let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. And this is what verse 28 says in the Amplified Classic Edition. Just a side note, I think a woman wrote the Amplified Bible because there's about 20,000 more words in it than the regular Bible. So you're going to get some like amp, amplified. It's for a reason. It's amping up the meaning. Verse 28 says this, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. That's amen or oh me. I mean, like that's tough words, but it's good stuff. Because it's that good, tough word that God knows will help refine us. Look, Jesus' statement there, he's saying, stop allowing. Things will come at you. You have a choice on how you respond. You can't say, oh, he's in my head. Get out of my head, right? 
You have a choice with that. My husband says that all the time. Get out of my head. Did y'all grow up in the um, time frame where we looked at Sunday morning or Saturday morning comics, the newspaper? Yeah. Or maybe you've heard about them. Um, they had the little thought bubbles that went up. It was like bubble, 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 and then a thought. And then there were things that we said. Like came like the little thing where it was actually words that were said. Do you know that every thought that comes to your mind about someone or someone else doesn't necessarily have to come out of your mouth? <laughs> That'll save your life. I'm just telling you, you will love me later for hearing that one thing. Everything that, and everyone's, you don't elbow your neighbor. Everything that comes out of, into your mind does not have to come out of your mouth. And some of those thoughts, we can literally pop them and let them stop right there because you don't own those thoughts. Thoughts are going to come. The enemy is real and planting those thoughts in our minds. It's our choice with what we do with them. So it's that constant state of peace we're looking to, to live in. And I'm going to tell you, anything that does not push you further into the purposes of God is pulling you further away. We've got to distance ourselves from those things that pull us further away from the things of God and press into the things that are pushing us closer to our destiny in the Lord. Which means there are some people that you need to reignite a relationship and there are some people you need to say goodbye to. There are some people you can love from a distance. Did you know that? You can love people from a distance and it's okay. We tell our daughter that all the time. 1 Corinthians 14 true. 1 Corinthians 14, says, For God is not the God of confusion, but the God of peace. He's not the God of confusion. He doesn't make us wonder or question who we are or what someone's saying, and He's the God of peace. Amen? You know, you give people permission to come into your mind or to come into your life or not. Jesus said He's given us the keys of the kingdom. You know, keys access things. Y'all don't have a key to my house. And I don't have a key to your house. But if I give you a key to my house, I give you permission to come in and enjoy and experience. That's what Jesus does for us. He gives us the keys of the kingdom. He have, we have permission to come in, right? But you also have permission to have those doors shut and not allow certain things to come into your life that are pulling you away from your destiny in God. So we can choose to cope or to cancel. We can choose this day. You can just cope and white knuckle it through stress of the holidays or stress of your entire life. You can choose to cope it or you can choose to cancel it. Let me tell you how to cancel it. 2 Corinthians 10 says, though we walk by the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down of arguments, and some translation says, casting down of imaginations. What you're thinking on and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, popping those thought bubbles that do not bring you closer to your destiny. So what are we going to do with that? We don't deny the issues of life. We have to deal with them. We don't deny what's going on. We don't deny the abuse. We don't deny what has happened in our life, but we have to deal with them. Jesus had to deal with things. Joseph had to deal with things. Mary had to deal with things. And, and he gives us his word and his way and his will to have that accomplished. Amen. So how do we trust and put that full reliance? For some of us, it's very hard, and I'm going to pray with you right now, to trust men and women that you can see that have hurt you. It's harder even sometimes to trust a God that you cannot see. And God understands that. So super cool that he allows us to pray and give us that reassurance that he'll be here with you. Here's three things I want you to leave here with today, and it will change your life. Are you listening to me? 
trust God, love people, and let things go. You can't change people. You can't change a spouse. You can't change people. But what you can do is let it go. And Jesus gives us the ability to do that. I'm going to pray with you now, and we're going to see what God will do in our lives. Amen. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, God, for every person here. God, I just pray right now there be, should be a supernatural healing of things maybe that have wounded our hearts, things we need to release and have forgiveness of. God, that buffet line that we don't need to overload our plates with, God, give us the strength to know what to take on and what to say no to. Father, I pray right now for those who do not know, maybe this message is foreign to you and you do not grasp this aspect of peace. <coughs> Excuse me. Right now, right where you're sitting, the Prince of Peace wants to come into your life, wants to change your life forever. So if you do not know Jesus, if you need this peace, just slip up your hand, just say, Jesus, I need that peace. I need to forgive. Father, come in, cleanse my heart, cleanse my life. Set me on a firm foundation. I believe in you. And I thank you for leading me in the ways of life and righteousness. Those who need healing, I just pray that this message of personal responsibility, of peace that surpasses all understanding would resonate within our hearts throughout this coming week. Oh God, and that you would do what only you can do in this season of Christmas, Christ Mass celebration in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's it. <laughs> Let's give it up one more time for Tina Tatum. Such an incredible word from her this morning. If you need prayer for anything, there's people at the front at both crosses. If you made the decision to follow Christ today, we've got a free book up there as well. And if you are a follower of Jesus, there's communion elements at the front as well. Let's pray the benediction, then we'll get out of here. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Have a good week.